Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we are continuing in the new series entitled The Haves and the Have-Nots. Today's subtitle is The Resting Place. Do you have a resting place? Somewhere where you can be refreshed and be restored and be renewed. Well, you know, God has given us a resting place, and by faith, we enter into it. We're going to talk about that today and a whole lot more. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, The Resting Place, which is part two of the series entitled, The Have and the Have-Nots, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. In your Bibles uh, to the book of Mark, Mark the second chapter, Mark the second chapter. And uh, we're going to start here at verse number 23, and then we will spring forward. Remember, uh, we started a series last week entitled The Have and the Have-Nots, The Have and the Have-Nots. And that's not necessarily speaking about money, but it's talking about having really that right relationship with God and some do not. And we're talking about uh, the church as a whole today. The Bible says that they have a form of, there are some that have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. So there are some that have a form, but no power, no life. We can say that look like a mannequin. They have a form, but there's no life there, right? Yes, I know some of you saw that movie with the mannequin person, but that's just the movie. I mean, you know I'm talking about that movie, Mannequin Pit. Okay, yeah, all right, we're in the house, we're in the house. I don't remember the name of it, but praise the Lord. Mannequin, all right, well, there you have it. There you have it, okay. So they have a form, but no life, right? But then there is the true church of Jesus Christ that has form and life, right? The have and the have-nots. We want to be part of the haves, Amen. So today we're going to see a little bit more about that today. Um, Mark the second chapter, and we're going to read, start reading at verse number 23. And it says, And it came to pass that he went through uh, the cornfields on the Sabbath day, and his disciples uh, began uh, as, they went at, as they went to uh, pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that uh, which is not lawful. Why are they breaking the law? Verse 25, the Lord Jesus answered, um, have ye never read what David did when he uh, had, um, when he had need and uh, wasn't hungered, he and they that were with him? Uh, verse 26, how he went into the house of God in the days of Abinar, uh, the high priest, and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priest, and gave also to them which were with him. Verse 27, we really want to get to verse 27, 28. It says this, and he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for who? The Sabbath was made for who? The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. The Lord said the Sabbath is made for man. Now, we're going to speak today from the uh, subject of simply the resting place. 
the resting place. The Sabbath was made for man. So if you are a member of mankind, and I pray that you are, there are no aliens in here this morning. So you can say the Sabbath was made for me. Say that with me. The Sabbath was made for me. Because you are a member of mankind, right? You're sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. Isn't that right? So the Sabbath was made for you. So say with me, the Sabbath was made for me. That's right. And the Sabbath is a rest. We're going to talk about that rest, the resting place that God created for you to enter into. He created it for you. Now, to look at that, we're going to have to go back into the book of Genesis. Let's go to Genesis now. Let's go to Genesis and let's go to the first chapter of the book of Genesis. And let's look at the first mention of, of the Sabbath. Genesis is the first book in the Bible. If you have problems finding it, ask your neighbor. They'll help you. Genesis, the first chapter. We're going to do just a little bit of flipping here. Genesis 1, verses 27 through 30 rather we'll look at verse 26 uh verse 26 and then 27 then we we'll go to verse 31 as we talk about the sabbath here again the sabbath was made for you the as we call it the sabbath day was meant for you and what we'll find out here is that the sabbath day the sabbath rest was not actually meant to be a 24-hour period only it was meant to be a perpetual state of rest for all believers to enter into and stay into. It was not meant to be just one day of the week here in the beginning. We'll see this. Let's look at this. All right. Genesis 1 verse 26. Are you there? And God said, let us make man in, in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the uh, cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 26, I've read verse 27. You, you still with me? It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them, right? Now drop down to verse 20, rather verse 31. Help us, Lord. Verse 31 says, and God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. <clears throat> and the evening and the morning were the what day? Were the sixth day. All right. So verse 27 says, and God created man in his own image, in, uh, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So what day was man created? That's right. We just saw it, right? Sixth day, right? Man created sixth day. You see that in your Bible? <clears throat> All right. I'm glad you see that. Let's go over to Genesis 2. Genesis chapter 2. Let's look at verses um, 2 and 3 to get some context here. Genesis chapter 2, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. And on the what day now? Seven. What day? I'm sorry. Seven. On the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made. And he what? Rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. Now, <clears throat> this is not rested 
like God saying, oh, whoo, I'm tired. Ooh, Pluto wore me out, boy. I'm telling you, Saturn, ooh, it just wore me out. Making man just wore me out. No, no, he's still full of life, full of energy. Are you hearing me? He's not getting tired. Resting simply means here he ceased from labor. He stopped. He stopped. He made this for who? For us. All right, look, verse 20, look at verse 3. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. All right? This is the seventh day. This is the Sabbath day. On the Sabbath day, on the seventh day, it is also known as the Sabbath. Now, look at verse number seven. <clears throat> now, this is the day of rest, right? Day one through six, he's creating everything. On day seven, he stopped. Ceased from labors, that's it. And he blessed it. He sanctified it. He said, this is a day of rest. Now, you'll notice in the Bible that there is no such thing as an eighth day in creation or ninth or 10th or 23rd or 2000. So the seventh day was meant to be every day. Rest from here on out. A perpetual day of rest from here on out. No more labor. All right. We know that man was created on what day? Six day. All right. Well, let's look at verse number seven to see what it says. Now, what day we're we talking about now? The seventh day. Let's look at verse number um, verse number seven. I'm sorry. It says this. And God or, and the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a what? Living soul. Right. So we know that man is in two parts. Uh in Genesis 1, God created man in his own image. Is God flesh? No, God's Bible says clearly God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So in chapter 1 of Genesis, God creates the spirit of man. Us in his likeness and after his own image. Spirit, right? When we die, the person, the, we, the body you see in the casket, well, that was formed on the seventh day. Right? And what was formed on the sixth day comes out of the body, right? In the beginning, we are spirit, and then God breathes us, blows into this body that he made, and the body gets up, and we are awake, right? Beginning, it was spirit first, and then flesh. When we die, when we expire in this earth, we, it's, it's in reverse, Flesh and then spirit comes back up. Does that make sense to you? So God made the flesh, our bodies, on what day? Seventh day. Okay? Seventh day. Now he could have made all this on the sixth day, but he did not. He chose to form our bodies to bring us into consciousness and awareness in the day of rest. In the day of rest. So he meant, and I'll show you this in scripture, he meant for us to abide in a perpetual state of rest. Sweat-free labor. Remember, the sweating only came in after Adam and Eve sinned. 
That was a part of the curse. By the sweat of your brow, Adam, you're going to labor in the field and this and that and the other. You're going to toil. All of that was, all of that took place uh, after the fall of man. But you don't see any of that toil and sweating and hardness. You don't see any of that while they abided in the seventh day. Right? Sin disconnected them from the seventh day and then it began to get hard. All right? Now we're saying that because as we believe in Christ Jesus, who is, the Bible declares is the last Adam, he brings us right back into that place of rest. And the Bible says in the book of uh, Hebrews, the third chapter, fourth chapter, as we believe in him, we enter into that rest. Now, as you'll see here, there are signs of the rest here in uh, the book of Genesis. What do we see? We see where we see a number of things, but one we see in particular when Adam had a need, the father met the need even before Adam knew he had the need. The Lord said, the father said, it's not good that man should be alone. In other words, in the seventh day, the father identifies needs, meets needs before you even know it's a need. In the seventh day as well, Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day. In the cool of the day. There was right relationship in, the, in that resting place on that Sabbath day. Remember, the Lord Jesus said the Sabbath, the seventh day that is, is to, was made for man. He made this day of rest for you. Here again, we're not talking about just Saturday or Sunday. I'm going to take my Sabbath today. No, if you are a born again believer, this is a perpetual state. You should always be at a place of rest. Are you hearing? Now we're going to talk about how we enter into that place of rest. As a matter of fact, let's go to the, uh, let's go, let's go over here to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews, the third chapter. And let me show you this Hebrews, the third chapter. And uh, we'll start at verse, rather Hebrews, the fourth chapter. We can start there. But here again, in the, the day of rest, as we can see here, um, Adam and Eve had a great relationship with the Father. The glory of God was on them. But they weren't sitting around doing nothing. God gave Adam an assignment. Name all these animals. Name all these critters. Name all the critters. He had an assignment. So as we're in the glory of God, as we're abiding under the Sabbath, uh, in the Sabbath, that, that place of rest where we are refreshed daily, uh, we are in communion with God daily, we have fellowship with one another, we are naked and not ashamed. Now, of course, I'm not telling anybody to take off your clothes. <laughs> Keep your clothes on. Okay? Praise the Lord. All right. We're not that kind of church. But naked meaning I'm not hiding things. I know you, you know me. And one of the things that, uh, that the, where the church has departed over these years is that we're not naked. Come on with me. Everybody's hiding something. The people churches develop in cliques. I'm going to be over here. You'll be over there. You'll be over here. You'll be over here. We all got a little thing going on. There is no intimacy. Amen. Naked and not ashamed means that there is intimacy. There is connection. Are you hearing? So in a lot of places, their connection has been lost. Connectivity has been lost. 
And uh, it used to be where the church, some one person had a problem, and then we all ran around and go talk, go, uh, go pray over that individual. Isn't that right? But now one person has a problem, and a lot of people go and talk about that person. No connectivity, right? Well, we need to go back to that biblical Christianity that we see. Uh, go back to that family relationship where if you have a problem, we all have a problem. And we're all going to pray about the situation until it is resolved. It is not, well, I got mine and you got yours. I hope you, well, I hope you feel better. No, it's I will pray for you until the glory of God manifests in your life and healing comes through. It is I will labor before God for you. You have the issue. I have the issue. Let's fight. The devil's on you. Woo, he, that means he's messing with me too. Let's fight. Let's go. Let's go to war. Are you here? And just like uh, with uh, uh, children, you know, one that they have a, a lot of children in the family. You jump on one child, then here come all the rest of them. Child, you hit my brother. We all coming on you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So in the Sabbath day, we're naked, not ashamed. I know what's going on with you. You know what's going on with me. I'm not hiding weaknesses or issues because understand Adam and Eve did have weaknesses. Of course they did. Why do you think they fell to the sin? <laughs> because of a weakness. But their weaknesses were covered in the glory. And when they partook of the forbidden fruit, what happened? Their weaknesses were uncovered, were revealed. Hallelujah. So that does not mean that in church there will be people that will be perfect with no weaknesses. It's not here. It's not going to happen. Okay, as a matter of fact, those that say that I'm strong and I have no weaknesses, you're the biggest sinner in town. You just don't know it. That's the biggest sin called self-deception. I don't have anything wrong with me. I'm right and I'm the, oh, no, no, no. Look a little bit deeper. Okay? But we're meant to abide under the glory and pray for one another that we all make it across this Jordan together. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, I can't leave without you. Okay? That's that mentality that has creeped up in the church where Joshua and Caleb says, hey, we got the faith. We're going on. Y'all catch up. All right, we're gone. We're gone. No, Joshua and Caleb, come on back here. You can't get over unless you take all of us. All of us go over or none of us go over. Right? So Joshua Caleb got to come back and wait for the faith to build within the people, new generation to come up. Then everybody got the like-minded faith, and then we all cross over together. Okay? So abiding in the glory. We're all meant to abide in the glory. Let's look at, um, uh, let's look at uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 1. It says, let us therefore fear, at least a promise, being left us of entering into his rest any of you should seem to come short of it. Verse 2, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest. That's that Sabbath again. Uh, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Well, that's talking about back there in Genesis, this time period, this 
this time period or this place of rest was finished from the foundation. As a matter of fact, let me tell you this. It says again, let's look at verse, mm, verse number one again. It says, let us therefore fear. Let us be concerned. Least a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Now, if this were talking about just a 24-hour period, all you got to do is keep on living. Saturday is coming around. Are you hearing? No, he said entering into, entering into rest. The word entering uh, in this context means to, that you enter into a condition, a state of, a state of things. It's kind of like you enter into employment. You become employed with someone. Let's say we talked about Walmart area uh, earlier. When someone becomes an employee at Walmart, you sign the papers, you, you are an employee, you got the shirt and all that stuff. And let's say you come to church, is that person still an employee of Walmart because they're at church? Absolutely they still are. You're an employee everywhere until you are disconnected. Isn't that right? You enter into rest. Once you enter into Christ, you enter into rest. So every born again believer has the potential of operating in this day of rest that God created. He sanctified rest. Now, here's the problem. It says, let us fear, lest a promise being left to us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to fall short of it. God said, the door is open. You can come into rest if you like to. But there are many that stay out and not go in. Why? Because the Bible tells us here why other people did not enter into the rest. And we're going to look at this. There are actually three reasons. There are three, um, three Greek words that describe why they did not enter into rest. Why did they did not enter into glory? Why they didn't enter into provision? Why they didn't uh, enter into nakedness, if you will, from the book of Genesis? Why they, they did, not, did not enter into sweatless victory? Right? There are three uh, Greek words we're going to look at today uh, that will help you uh, see. And if any of these can be found in us, once we repent and get it right, we should enter into the rest. Now, how do you know that you're not entering into the rest? How do you know that you're not abiding in God's rest? Because you say, it's hard. Life is so hard. I'm struggling. It's so hard to get along. Oh, Jesus, help me. I can't make it. All of that describes symptoms of someone that has not entered into the rest and remaining in the rest. Are you hearing? Let's read a little bit further, then we'll talk about these three words. Because we'll see the Lord gives us the example of the Old Testament church to let us to give us warning that, you know, in the Old Testament church, here again, the, they didn't cross over. There were some that did not cross over into the promised land because of these things. And there are some of us that won't cross over because of these things. In the wilderness, they were fed with manna. Okay, and the Lord gives also, also examples of the Sabbath there in the wilderness. Uh, when they were fed with manna, uh, six days, the Lord said that you ought to go out and you ought to uh, go out and gather the manna that I'm going to send down for you. 
But on the um, on that sixth day, he said, I'll give you double. And don't worry, it'll, it'll be, still be good because on the seventh day, the Sabbath, you are not to go out and gather manna. Monday, they went out, it fell, they gathered the manna, put it up, and they cooked it. But they noticed if they kept the manna from Monday to Tuesday, if they kept Monday's manna, Monday's provision to Tuesday, it began to rot. It began to spoil. Flies began to gather. God said, uh-uh, I told you, I'll give you your daily provision every single day. So you gather what you need on that Monday, you eat that up, and then you believe me for provision on Tuesday. So Tuesday came, look up, oh, it's coming down again. It's all on the ground. It's up, manna's all on the ground. And so they went out and they ate it, did the same thing on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They, they believed God for their provision every day. They woke up, then there it is on the ground. Manna's there, stuff. That stuff is there. And so on the sixth day, the Lord said, well, hey, you gather twice as much because on the Sabbath day, on the seventh day, I don't want anybody to go out and try to work. It's work gathering the manna to provide for your family. It's a lot of work. It's toiling to go and gather it and bring it in. He said the seventh day, here again, this is a picture for us today, that on the seventh day, God provides for you. So he provided twice as much on the sixth day. He provided Saturday's food and or rather we could say Friday's food. And he also provided Saturday's food because the Sabbath is actually Saturday. Are you hearing? So he provided twice as much. So on the Sabbath, they have the food that they collected the, the following day and it didn't stink. It didn't smell. No flies were in it. And that showed them that God said that I can provide for you. I can provide double for you. I can provide more than what you need to sustain you in the seventh day. Does that make sense to you? And so here, here but here's what happened. Some of the people of God, and you can read this in Exodus, the 16th chapter. Some of them disobeyed God. On the sixth day, they just gathered what they needed for that day. On the seventh day, they went out to gather, even though God said, don't do it. But when they went outside to see where is it on the ground, there was none there. Because God said, I provided what you needed yesterday. Hear my words. Today, he said, I just want you to stay and rest. And not just rest, oh, oh what's on the game, what's on TV? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, it's, it's good. Put my, put, put my foot in some water. Oh, we're resting today, we're resting. No, the Sabbath is a day of reflection, of exalting the Lord, of thinking about him and thinking on him, of worshiping him, praising him, giving him honor and giving him glory. Are you hearing not just sitting around and say, I'm not doing anything today. This is my Sabbath. No, you're missing the point altogether. So here again, <clears throat> we ought to be in a complete state. Now, this needs to be happening every day because of Jesus Christ. The Lord has provided, if you hear me, he has provided for this day already. He's provided for it. So as we enter into the rest of God, as we enter into the Sabbath, which was made for you, by the way, you'll discover God has already provided for this day. And now what we are meant to do is to focus on him and exalt him and uh, take in his word and declare his word over this day because the work has already been done. 
Remember, in creation, work was done first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth day, and it stopped. The provision was made for Adam and Eve on the seventh day. Does that make sense to you? So he says that there, he said, even though we know Christ, we can still not enter into this rest that was provided. Even though you know Christ, you can still live this life toiling and struggling and hard. And, and I don't know what I'm going to do. It's just hard. It's just difficult in this life. That's someone who has not entered into the Sabbath rest. Now we're going to, I'm going to show you how to enter in. We're going to see how to enter by seeing also how they did not enter. Is anybody interested in learning this today? We'll hang from the chandeliers next week, but I just need to get you some information today so that you can glean on this so that you can learn it because you need to abide in the Sabbath starting today and on Monday and Tuesday and all the other days you need to be in that perpetual state of rest. Just like on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as they were in the fire in a perpetual state of rest. Why? Because the fourth man was in the fire with them. Even though it's hot all around me, I still have peace and I'm still at rest. Look at the Lord Jesus Christ there in the boat. He's asleep. While all this stuff going on, the disciples are freaking out. Yes, they're all freaking out all around them, right? They're worrying about what's going to happen, but Jesus is at rest. Even in calamity, even though everybody around him is just going crazy, he's still at rest abiding in the Sabbath. Right? Knowing that the Father has everything under control, knowing that he has everything together. You can abide in the Sabbath. You can abide in the rest of God, in the peace of God every day of your life. By and large, many of us in the church have, are not there, are not there, but we should be because the promise have been, has been left to us. Say with me, the promise has been left to me. All right, so let's look at this. It says, for unto us, this is verse 2, um, Hebrews 4, verse 2, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that, he them that heard it. They didn't mix it with faith, and we're going to see why in just a few moments. Verse 3 says, for we which have believed do enter into rest. We which do believe do enter into rest. Now, this word believing here is an active believing, not just believe once and just walk away. It is an active believing. It is a choice to believe. Those of you that choose to believe. Now, this speaks volumes, and you'll see in just a minute. Those of you that choose to, choose to believe will enter into the rest. Say with me, I choose to believe. All right, let's look at this. Uh, for we which have believed do enter into rest. Uh, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. Talking about Genesis, right? All right, he's bringing Genesis here today. Hearing in that Sabbath was made for us. Verse five says, and in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Verse 6. Sing therefore it remaineth 
that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of what? Because of unbelief. Now, this is one of our first markers, because of unbelief. Now, go back up to chapter 3, and we're about to land this plane. I don't want to overload you today because we can go a whole lot further. But go back to chapter 3. Let me show you this. Verse 15 says, While it is said, Today, if ye will uh, hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. The provocation is the time when Israel, standing, standing there at the edge of the promised land, said, no, we're not going to go in. We see the giants, and the giants are bigger than us. We look like grasshoppers in this sight, and there's no way in the world we can do this. No way in the world. We heard what God said go over, but we see and we say no. Do you understand? This is a part of entering into God's rest. Why didn't they enter? The Bible says they hardened their hearts. Understand, they knew it was God that was saying, go over it to the other places, and you will seeth great things if. I know some of you speak in King James, so I had to tell you like that. Right? They knew it was God saying go. They no question. There is a fire by the cloud of fire by night. I mean, yeah, by night and the and the and the cloud uh, by day keeping them cool. They saw God, they saw the glow on Moses' face. They knew God said, do this. They knew God said do this, but they saw the opposition and they said no. They hardened their hearts to the word of God. They knew what God said, and they said no. And God said, look, I swear in my wrath, if y'all folk think you're getting in, you got another thing coming. Are you hearing me? He said, those that say that, there's no way in the world you're coming into my promised land. There's no way in the world you're coming into my rest, being disobedient to what I've said. There's no way in the world. God said, I swear. Ooh, that's, that's pretty bold language, isn't it? He said, I swear it. Now, there's no one greater than God who so he had to swear by himself. I swear to myself, the Lord saying, I promise to myself, no one that, no one that has this evil heart will ever, ever enter in. Into a day of rest, this place of rest. Isn't that something? I want you to see this. He said, don't harden your heart. When the word appears, when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Uh, verse 16, for some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. Verse 17, but with, with whom uh, was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses uh, fell in the wilderness? Verse 18 says, and to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? Who did God swear won't enter in? What did it say? But to them that what? Believe not. Say believe not. Believe not. Here's our first Greek word here. Believe not. Now the, the term believe not is this Greek word. Um, apatheo. Apatheo. And apatheo simply means this. To refuse to believe. I heard it. No, I'm not going to believe that. In other words, I have all the evidence. I have all the credible material. I know God said it. I understand what he said, but I refuse to believe this. 
All the evidence is there. They, uh, verse 18, they apatheo. God said apatheo. In other words, he said again, they believe not or they refuse to believe me. They chose to believe more what they could see. They chose to believe more of the doctor report. They chose to believe more of the banker report. They chose to believe more of whoever said this, that, and the other. They chose to believe that more over than over what God said. Now, I wonder how many of us are involved in a patheo that hear God's word, know this is what God is saying, and saying, I refuse to do that. To that one, God said, I swear you're not coming in. Whew, that's tight, but it is right. Look at this. That's our first, that's our first Greek word here, apatheo. Say apatheo. Say, Lord, cleanse my heart from believing not, from apatheo. I want to be ready to obey you at all times. All right, let's look at the next word here. Let's look at verse number 19. So we see that they could not, say could not. They could not enter in because of what? Because of their unbelief. Now unbelief here, this is another Greek word. This is apistia, apistia. Say apistia. Oh, Y'all speaking Greek, you're so intelligent, I love you. Apistia means faithless or want of faith or weakness of faith okay they could not enter in because of their weakness of their faith now look at that why was their faith weak when they saw the giants because when the time came for them to hear the word they said no I don't want I don't want that I don't believe that no I refuse to believe it and so here comes the time when they're supposed to enter in and get the new job here comes the time when they're supposed to enter in and get the new car here comes the time when they're supposed to enter in and get the healing here comes that time and there are the giants but they didn't have the faith to conquer that and become victorious because back there when the word was presented they refused to believe it are you hearing? Oh, this is good stuff. So I wonder what trials or tribulations we're facing today, what hardness we're facing today because we refuse to believe something yesterday. Ooh, are you getting that? Now let me show you this last Greek word here. And uh, verse number in Hebrews 4, verse 6, and we're going to close out with this. It says, Sing therefore... It remaineth that some uh, must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached enter not in because of what? Because of unbelief. Here's another Greek word here. And this Greek word is ape, rather ape, apai, apai tea, apai tea, apai tea. Can you say that? Up high, tea. Ooh, y'all are so smart. Now, this word is almost the worst of all. Apatea, apatea uh, means obstinacy. It means uh, disobedience. Some of your translations will translate it as disobedience. Obstinance. And really, you'll find all these words, um, all the words that we just mentioned, um, apatea, and uh, uh, 
And the other one that we said before, apatheo, apatheo. You'll find that our English word comes, there's one English word that really wraps around all of them. We get our English word apathy from it, apathy. And apathy, uh, the English word apathy simply means you're not emotionally invested. You really don't care one way or the other. And here again, now here's the last part of this. They didn't enter in because of apetia. Yes, they were disobedient, but why were they disobedient? Because they really didn't care. One way or another, I really don't care. The word of God comes forth and it has no, no appeal to them whatsoever. They have so hardened their hearts. They have so removed themselves. It has no reaction and no reflection on them whatsoever. They are indifferent to the word of God. Who preached today? I don't know. What did he say? I don't know. You going to church? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It don't matter. I missed church last Sunday. What did they say? I don't know. So indifferent. It doesn't, in other words, the word of God doesn't hold the weight of being holy and being righteous. They're just indifferent to it. I don't know. This is why they did not enter. One, they were disobedient. But why were they disobedient? Because they, they just didn't care. And now the, the Bible says that Paul tells him later on as he talks to the church there, he tells him, by now you should have been teachers, but you're dull of hearing. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't care. Yeah. You're lazy. You just don't care what God is saying. In other words, the word of God for you has lost its luster. It has lost its feel. It has lost its appeal. And you just don't care. And when the opportunity comes around where the word of God is given, I hear it. I know God said it, but I refuse to believe that. I just will not believe that. I just won't. I won't open my heart to hearing what he said. And because of that, we don't have the faith, the faith to stand up to these obstacles that prevent us from entering in. Now, understand something. As we enter, as we enter into God's rest, and we're about to pray in just a moment. As we enter into God's rest, don't think that you're just going to tiptoe through the rosies and enter into God's rest because there are enemies standing there that are trying to convince you that God is lying. Don't you do that. God is lying. You're not, if you, if you give of your money in church, if you go to church, if you help that person out, you not have enough for yourself. God is lying. You better take care of yourself. You better not do that. All these enemies, all these big giants. Here comes the bill in the mail. You're seeing this high balance and all these things, unexpected things, the tire blowout, the engine trouble, all these high giants, these big giants standing there to try their best to convince you that God is not going to take care of you, that he is lying to you so that you will not enter into the place of rest that God has set for you. Now, how do we enter in? We got to hear his word and believe it Lord you said it I believe it these giants look mighty big but I know that greater is he who's within me than he that is in the world I trust you because that is the only way that we're going to enter into rest the only way that you're going to have rest every day of your life is you're going to have to hear God's word and believe it hear God's word and act on it let me give you one last example Brother Stan, 
Would you mind turning the light switch off, please? Just for a moment. We're about to go. He's walking over. He's turning. Just go ahead and turn them all off, brother. Go ahead and turn them off. He has now turned the lights off. Brother Stan, would you now turn the lights back on? Oh, he's a genius. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Stan. Give Brother Stan a hand, would you please? Now, how do I know that Stan heard me? Because he did what I said. Now, did anyone in here see my words? No. How do we know? Well, the only reason we know Stan actually heard me is because he went over there and did it. How do I know that you've heard God's word today? I think you got it. Every day of your life, you should not be an emotional wreck. Things happen. It should not throw you off. Oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? No, we should abide in the seventh day, abide in God's rest. Lord, what have you said? I will do what you said, and therefore I will abide in this day. And on the Sabbath day, the seventh day, God always takes care of things. But the enemy is trying desperately to pull you out of that day. He shows you pictures. You better look at this. You better look at this. You better look. You better look. But we have to say, no, I'm believing in you, Lord. I'm believing in you. I'm going to stay at rest. I'm going to stay at rest. But you can't have rest apart from his word. You have to know his word, believe his word, receive his word. Keep it in you for dear life. Hold on to that word for dear life. Are you hearing? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for the Sabbath that was made for us. We thank you for the rest that was made for us. And Father, we repent in the name of Jesus. We repent for hardening our hearts in the different areas of life. We admit we'd harden our hearts. And Lord, we ask now in Jesus' name that you would cleanse us and wash us from all of this sin by the blood of Jesus and unrighteousness. Lord, that our hearts will be soft, our hearts will be pliable, that we may receive your word. And Father, we receive courage now, courage to stand up against the giants that hold, that hold us in captivity, that hold us back in the wilderness courage father we ask for courage and boldness to stand against these things and cross over into the place of rest that you have designed for us courage to stand against all the naysayers against all the gossipers courage to stand up against the evil doctor's report the evil um the evil bank report whatever it is whatever is telling us that you are not that you are not able and that you are not faithful lord we ask for courage and boldness to stand up against it and do what you've called us to do so that when we stand before you face to face you may say to us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So, Father, we repent right now, right here in time, right here in time, right here, right now. We desire to enter into your rest. And we ask you, Father, to wash us from anything and everything that prevents us from resting in you. And, Father, we give you our hearts. And, Lord, we ask that you would have your way.
Help us enter in. And now, Lord, I ask also that you give everybody a, even a deeper revelation of what you said, a deeper illumination, a deeper understanding of what you said. Continue to deal with them, Lord, all throughout the week. Lord, show them the entrance into your rest, that they may abide in your rest, regardless of what's happening in their lives, that they may abide in your rest continually and see signs, wonders, and miracles all the days of their lives. Lord, I speak peace and calm refreshing in Jesus' mighty name. Let every heart that agrees say amen. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.